Yes, sir, we promised you a great man right here tonight. tell you it's not repug uh this podcast and all you guys please email us say hello uh populate the inbox of rosenberg beats at gmail.com reach out tweet us at rosenberg radio at stat guy greg um follow us on on all the social medias the instagrams i think i'm going to do a live with the nature boy this weekend so uh you might want to catch that thinking about doing that tomorrow sometime so you know I hope you'll join. Hope you'll join. Um, real quick, speaking of this weekend, uh, The Last Dance, episodes five and six, Sunday night, nine o'clock. It's just simply the best, most entertaining thing happening on television right now. So if you're a fan of sports and you want to just see history, uh, The Last Dance, Sunday nights, nine o'clock, ESPN, wherever you get your ESPN, fire. Really enjoying that. About to get SGG on the phone, but literally I just was testing my board before I started recording. And I just was like, oh, my God, I love this song so much. Let me just play it for the Cheap Heat audience because I know our audience, like, when I put you on the music, it's so random what everyone here listens to. And so I know whenever I play something, you might go, oh, my God, I love this song and I've never heard it in my life because it's such a diverse group of listeners we have. So I don't know if you guys have ever heard the song Dang by Mac Miller and Anderson Pock. And now, of course, people who, like, love Mac Miller or Anderson Pock or whatever, you are like, well, obviously, you know the song. It's amazing. But many of you may not. It's from Mac's album, Divine Feminine. It's 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 maybe my favorite Mac Miller song ever made, uh, which I know could be blasphemy to some. But, you know, I, I was talking to someone this week. Mac Miller, the Divine Feminine album, is the only album I think ever made by someone that I consider a friend that I could still have on like a, a, a lovemaking playlist. It's that good. You wouldn't even notice. You Like, I don't even worry about it. Mac made this album understanding what it was and it's, it's amazing. It's, it's like he was, and he was a kid when he made it, but man. So anyways, if you've never heard it, this is so random, but if you're happy, I played it on the podcast. Feel free to tweet. I'd love to hear from you most. If you'd never heard it went, Oh my God, I instantly went and downloaded it or put it on my, my Spotify or whatever. Just to give you a second. I don't want to get in trouble, you know, powers that be. It's quarantine. No one's paying attention. And like, who, who doesn't want to send Mac Miller's catalog some more listeners? Shout out to the whole McCormick family, by the way. And the Clancy's. I can't keep on losing you over complications. And Anderson Park. Gone too soon. That's Anderson Park. Wait. We was just hanging. I can't seem to hold on to. Dang. The people Friday that know vibes. the best. The key that I won't forget. Too soon. Can't keep on losing you. 
mean, it's musically just gorgeous. It can't be better. Here we go, Mac. Talk to him. How many mistakes do it take to you leave when I'm left with my hand and my face all red and the face looking at you like Wait. I know I ain't a saint if it ain't too late. Well, I'm away so fast from a heart like gold, but a break like glass. I'm a get old and I act so young, baby. You so cold, never had no son. You don't want to grow up, you don't get no fun. So when I get home, I'm gonna give you some, make you feel like when I hit that drum, you ain't free. I'm getting no. Yeah, it's complicated, got you frustrated Get home late, you don't trust me, baby Way too drunk, don't know what I'm saying You can drive my car, don't drive me crazy Complicated, got you frustrated Every single night I keep you waiting You say you don't care, that's what you're saying We don't know that's the bullshit Okay, we be fighting, we be reuniting Kiss me, touch me, tease me, me excited Got the devil who is so Trying to get through to you because I can't keep on losing you all right. All right. All right. All right. All right. That's it. That's all you get. You have to go find it yourself now. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm glad that your life is now better because you now know that song because it is amazing. Let's see if SGG knows it, shall we? Let's get a hold of this guy. Let's see if he's awake and then being productive. Let's see. Try the old SGG. We're going to get a, a dip on the show today, too. There's been demands for more Dipperstein, so you're going to get more Dipperstein. Yo, yo, yo. Hey, SGG, how you doing? I'm good, man. How you doing? Not too bad. Um, Where are you? Well, I, I feel like I hear air again. I'm in the office. I don't know what you're hearing. But There's no air. There's no big air coming in. No. Nah. It's a little airy. Let me work on it. It's a little airy. Uh, I just played a song for the uh, audience to start the show just because I, I love it so much and I listen to it so regularly. Um, do you know the song Dang by Mac Miller and Anderson Pock? I do not. Oh, Jesus. You know, SGG, I need, you know what you need to do, SGG? You're engaged. <laughs> you assignment? Yeah, no, no, this is, well, it's, it's an assignment for your life and for your future marriage. This is, this is jewels from the crown. You're in quarantine with your valet. You need to turn on that Mac Miller Divine Feminine album and just let that thing, just let that thing take over your house for a day or two. You'll have a different, right. you'll have a different kind of weekend. You know what I'm saying? The Divine Feminine. Yep. And as you can hear from the title, it's, it's going for a very specific vibe. And it, the, I was just saying before we, before you came on, the thing that makes it so amazing is that he was like 24 or something when he made it and it has the, it has this like sex, soulful sort of quality to it. You just, you won't believe he was like a kid when he made it. It's just, just try it. Okay. Just throw it on. Let it rock for a while. See what you think. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I think you'll really enjoy it. How you doing SGG? How's the week going? Not bad. That's crazy that this is still going on though. Well, you crazy mean, and not crazy. You mean what's happening in the world? You mean this quarantine? Yeah. Yep, it is very much still going on. And I, and I really, it's amazing to be going through. I mean, this is such an unbelievable, unfounded time we're living through. It is, you know, last week I had a scare with Bear. We thought, I thought that he'd swallowed a razor. Uh, you know, had to, yeah. 
had to go to the vet, couldn't get, they wouldn't let us inside the vet. You know, it was, the whole thing was very scary and unpleasant. And listen, it was just a very small, you know, thing in, in, in my world, but it was so just. how the hell are they supposed to help you out if you don't let you in? So I, we had to, we had to let him in the vestibule. Um, and like, then someone comes up to the vestibule and takes him out the other side of it. And as you can imagine, he did not like that. And yeah. it's very traumatizing. And as you can imagine, his mother did not like that. And I, no one did. It was not pleasant. It was not, it was just a, and this is just a very little thing, but everything you're dealing with in this moment is a more complicated thing than it ever was before and more emotionally taxing. And, you know, dogs eat things every day. People, if you're a dog owner, we've all had a scare that your dog ate something, right? It's a normal thing. Um, like when, when Greg almost killed Bear. Um, <laughs> I gave Bear the thrill of his life. I will stand by that. <laughs> and, um, and the thing is though, because w- w- I, because, because I thought he might have gotten a razor blade, just a blade out of the trash, you know, I couldn't take the risk, so I had to go. And this little thing, you know, that normally would already be like, oh no, let me go in there. Is, 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 everything's elevated. Everything's worse. And I think we all need to take a moment and appreciate that this is tough. This is tough. This is tough for everybody. And, and, you know, I, I've had a lot of listeners reach out, you know, and I have some, we have some listeners who may be more perceptive and pay more attention to detail more so than others who I think are aware that the last, year and a half wasn't the easiest for me some of it became sort of clear around you know when i left the company etc went back but like in general personally it's been challenging and then you make it through one part of your life and then you turn around and now you're everyone's here now suffering through this new thing and yeah. we have to all take a moment that regardless of whether you're having a tough time you were having a tough time you're in the you know you're you're you and you just got engaged and things are really great Everything is made worse and hard and, and challenging. And we just have to acknowledge it because we don't know when this is going to end. So it's like, if you try to, okay, I have a really bad habit of when my mom would like bring home groceries, I'm not making more than one trip to the car. I'm going to find a way to carry every bag back on one trip. And if you try to do that right now, if you try to think, I can squeeze this all in. I don't need to release it all. I'm just going to suck it up, and I'm going to be real tough right now. I'm not going to like lean into this whole thing. I'm going to fight through it, and it'll be over. You know? You you don't want to do that. Like, you need to realize this could be going on for a long time. How, yeah. do, you, how do you release? How do you let go? How do you take a moment for yourself? How do you appreciate that this is hard? Um, maybe for some of you right now, it's getting away from your family and taking a drive to listen to the new cheap heat, whatever it is. Um, and, and, and really, Greg, I'm talking specifically like to cities that are super duper impacted because I know in some areas people are able to move around in a way where whether they should be or not, they are. But here, this, this quarantine life is real. It's real life. You're in the house. So yeah, and it, it's tough too when like elected officials are making it worse. I oh, feel like yeah, and confusing everybody and not wearing masks and you know who knows what the hell you're supposed to expect, you know. But that's why I expect that this is going to go on for a long time. I mean, I'm trying to think of like 
So like even if some best case scenario happens, New York is we're one of the places that's going the right direction. And let's say it continues to go the right direction and they reopen certain businesses, let's say in, in June, we are not going to be in a place where you could still just go out willy nilly. Right. And listen, let's be, let's be 100% honest, right? If New York opens up, you're hitting the reset button on this whole thing for everybody because people are going to come in and then come in with who knows what, right? Yeah, that's the thing. And How then, can you reopen to traveling? How can you start having yeah. people? And although technically people can fly here right now, which is mind blowing. Yeah, but still, like, you know, you fly here and then you go, right? If you open up and like to like bars and restaurants. No, 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 you can't do even that. With, even with like restrictions, even if it's like capacities cut in half and blah, 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 like. No, I don't think we're looking at, I think what my, I'm making this up. My guess is, you tell me what you think. In June, they will open up some businesses. I don't mean restaurants and stuff. I mean actual just like business business. Um, and I don't think that we're looking at sitting in restaurants again. I, I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe August, late July. I don't know. I don't know when I picture us being able to go sit outside, you know, or sit inside even more importantly in a public place again. Yeah, I don't know either. And every day it's looking less likely. <laughs> and we're so unwilling to do all of the things that it would require. Right? Like you could do it tomorrow. You could reopen everything tomorrow if every place you went they made you take your temperature. Right. You could if if you if there was a way that, that you could do something and they could be very invasive or like once you get a test you know, I don't know, but the thing is, now they don't even know if having if if having had it makes a difference. So, it, it, this thing has to go away. It has to go away. Like you're talking about, it has to be at numbers SGG where, that are so low. And even then, what do you do to make sure that the wrong person doesn't go out? Because it just takes one person to trip it all up again. Yeah, and that's the crazy part, right? The how how contagious it is, like that factor of just every person gives it to I think they said like three people and it just goes and goes and goes. So, anyways, it's it's I, I'm with you. I don't it's crazy that it's still going on and also like of course it's still going on, but you know, it's every once in a while we have to address it and not accept this as as normalcy, because this is not normal at all. Um, not at all. <laughs> and I mean, when you talk about wondering when we'll be back in a building, a live event, I heard people speculating the other day that there could be a wrestling show with a crowd in July. I don't think so, man. Yeah. I think it's going to be tough, man. I, I think, I think. Good luck with that. We could be looking at friggin' Survivor Series, bro. We could be looking at I mean, survivors. That'd be like best case scenario. Well, I don't know about bet. No, I wouldn't say it's best case because there are people who think the football season could start in October. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, because keep in mind, the rate we're going. Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's that's the hard part. Is like, yes, at the rate we're going, but at the same time, you don't want to get so far ahead and make plans and start mentally canceling things early, because I mean, SGG like. Right now, it's May 1st. So it's a good time to talk about. We're recording this on May 1st. 
I don't want to say that Survivor Series is the earliest when we have all of May, all of June, all of July. You look, I can only speak about New York here because if other places, you know, like are opening up and only going to continue to get worse. So I don't know what that's going to mean for those places, but let's suppose people are smart. Um, let's just, you could with the way numbers are currently dropping when you look at out, um, new hospitalizations and everything else, um, deaths, every sort of category that exists. It's get it's dropping pretty dramatically. So you couldn't tell me that in eight weeks it might not be down to zero because I think it could be. I think in I think in six to eight weeks we could see that there are no more hospitalizations in New York. It's at zero. But but then you see, but then it, you have to sit at zero for a while. Yeah, right. And then it, it can't just be New York, right? It has to be like nationwide. Because then you start getting some really dangerous stuff where you're like, hey. The mayor and governor go, hey, we're ready to open this for New York and in certain ways, but we can't have people just showing up here. Like, and now you get into constitutional yeah. issues where you're asking people to not travel. Um, yeah. and, and that's complicated, very complicated. So, but at the same time, I just try not to get ahead because you never know what two months is going to bring. And Greg, it's, it's under, I have the feeling that some of these places that are going to reopen in two weeks are going to see a spike. And instantly realize they have to be shut down until it's completely shut off. Like they're going to get it. And, and as long as their numbers don't explode, which they're, they won't explode as quickly as us because New York of the way New York is set up, they'll be able to quell it again. God willing. You know what I'm saying? Like if Georgia sees a spike, it'll be terrible and it shouldn't. And I hate that it might happen. But at the same time, I don't think the spike will turn the city completely upside down the way it did here. Because of the way let's, that we let's live. hope not. Well, we better. Uh, but it's a driving city, you know what I'm saying? Like, do you know that, Greg? Do you know that on an average day, there are five million subway rides in New York? I could, I could have guessed that. Just like, first of all, have you been on? I mean, you've been on the subway at like four in the afternoon, five in the afternoon. Yeah, it's a, it's a madhouse. Always. So, like, and in the morning, from like. Seven oh, it's it's true madhouse. Yeah. So who knows, guys? We just have to every once in a while be willing to talk about how absolutely bonkers this entire experience is. Um, SGG, is there anything outside the ring to speak of right now? So outside the ring, besides what we've been speaking on outside the ring, there's been some speculation that uh, WWE could be sold to to Fox. Or to ESPN, um, Dutch Mantel sent out a tweet, um, and it was hard to tell from the tweet if he was speculating or if he had that on like good authority. But the he basically hinted at WWE being up for sale, and that it could be sold to either Fox or ESPN by the middle of this month, mid May. What? What do you think about this? Do you think this is a real possibility? I mean, I think it's more real now with this whole, you know, coronavirus thing and businesses losing money left and right and, you know, everybody trying to figure out a way to to recoup. I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It could. It could always be. It could always happen, right? I, I, I've never visioned a world where the McMahons 
weren't in charge of WWE, but at the same time, you know, they're running a business. So if they're looking at the at the landscape and they feel like this is a good time to cash out, you know, or sit on like the board of directors, keep their titles and, and then sell it over to somebody else and let them let them finance it or however that will work. Man, let me tell you right now. I really, really hope that this does not happen immediately. I just, I don't know. I have concerns, man. I really do. I, I, I have concerns that if the WWE goes to some big mainstream media company, it's, it's the end of it as we know it. And I know right now people may be having a moment where they're not thrilled and things aren't ideal. But generally this thing goes in cycles and there, we usually get to a time where we really enjoy it, you know? And, uh, I don't know, man. I just, I just, as much as they've cleaned it up and they've sanitized it and made it like, you know, really, um, accessible and mainstream being run by a, a super commercial company, SGG, that could take it to a whole nother level. It really, Listen, it really could. I mean, we see a little bit of it with the Fox partnership, right? How just like when they did that first show, you almost didn't even recognize it. It was so commercial and like such a, such a Fox production. But I mean, if they sell, right, the McMahon family has to stay involved. They have to, because for as many promotions as there are out there, for as many talented wrestlers as they are out there and, you know, as much as we enjoy it all in terms of like building and growing a wrestling company, only the McMahons know how to do it. I mean, Brian just, man, Brian man might get upset, but guess what? You're a hundred percent right. And triple H being gone, you know, not endless. I just don't see that happening. Like even if they were to sell, I think triple H stays in place but you know for everything we, we can say and you know and i bring up brian i don't mean to beat him up but he is just you know he lo- he loves wrestling so much and as a result is incredibly critical and i and some of it i think is founded and some of it i think is silly um you know the fact of the matter is even though there may be things that you're sick of or whatever vince mcmahon and kevin dunn have shaped the way wrestling has looked for 30 some years and for there to be no connection to that lineage anymore it would it would lead to some cool things and some things being different and that's great and it would also lead to a potential disconnect from what we love you know like for as much as people can complain there are certain things they truly understand. You know why? Because they created it. It's what they do. Yeah. And I'm not saying they yeah. they invented the, you know, hip toss or the body slam, but in terms of the things that really pop us and that we really enjoy, man. There's so let's see what happens here. I, I have concerns. I I hope they're able to weather the storm. I know things. Uh, I know ratings have been tough. Um, I know every entertainment business. You know, that relies on live events to some degree and, and to live television is, is, is struggling. But, uh, I hope that they figure it out. And, uh, 
you know. I mean, listen, I just came back. You know what I'm saying? No, they gotta, they gotta stick around. For I UP. mean, come on, man. I got a contract. Oh, I'm <laughs> sorry. To. Um, in other news, it seems that there was another round of releases, uh, recently and Oof. Curtis Axel was among the, the latest group of superstars to, to be released from the WWE. Who else? Oh, wait, first of all, uh, we'll talk about Curtis Axel, but who else was in there? I believe Cain Velasquez was, uh, was also. Oh, yeah, that's true. Superstar Jay. Released. <laughs> um, and then I know Joe Briscoe mentioned on Twitter that he was furloughed. There was speculation that he'd been released outright, but he, he mentioned that he was furloughed and hoping to come back, um, at some point. But yeah, these releases happened a little bit under the radar. I wasn't given the typical, you know, press release treatment. As far as I know, so. I, I got, I saw the, um, I saw the, uh, the tweet for Curtis Axel, um, that WWE has come to the terms. Um, you know, it, we talked about this in our group chat this week. Interesting to think about what could have been with Curtis Axel. They really never wanted to lean into the connection to his father. I don't fully understand it, man. I mean, Mr. Perfect is incredibly popular. Like, He's a, he's a, considering he was such a great wrestler and such a wrestler's wrestler. And he also was really kind of mainstream famous and, 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 and had a, a brand that was, you know, uh, crossed over a bit. Like, I'm just surprised they never leaned into it. Same. And I mean, like, listen, if you're like Carmella, no disrespect to her pops, but like, she's second generation, but people didn't really, her dad wasn't exactly a household name, right? He was a jobber. Change the name, move on. Her dad never made it to the big time, did he? Wasn't he an indie wrestler? He, I think she said he wrestled Razor Ramon on like a raw jobber one time. Okay, okay. He had a jobber moment. Okay. Yeah. Not exactly the same as Mr. Perfect. Right. Not at all. Not, it's, it's not rap is crap, Kurt Hennig. Like this guy, like he did it all. Um, and so when your father's Mr. Perfect, and and your grandfather's Larry the Axe Hennig, you know you you get to keep the family name, hundred percent, and you should be leaning, and, and it should be a part of the brand. And it, I just, so I never quite understood. Um, I never quite understood why it why it went the way that it did. But I guess that's not for me to understand. Uh, we just have to wish him his best and. You know, I wonder whether uh, we'll see him pop up somewhere else. You know, what an interesting, weird run it must be, though. I'd be really interested to talk to him. You know, like, he had moments. There were moments where it looked like something might happen. Um, What was his faction with Cody again? Um, He wasn't in Legacy, I don't believe. Oh, no, he wasn't in Legacy. He was not. Wait, like, was- but, I mean... He, he was perfect for Legacy. It was, wait, it was, it was DiBiase and Rhodes. Yeah, why wasn't he in Legacy? I don't know. He was in the Nexus and, and the new Nexus. You know, he was there with the, and he was with the, the social outcasts, which, mm. I mean, from the name, you know, they didn't really get, want to get that started. He was in the Mistourage. <laughs> you know, some of the most glorious factions in the history of wrestling. I mean, hope, now listen, the Nexus gave us 
A moment. You know, Mr. Raj was led by a former world champion. And the Nexus, Bray Wyatt was also in the Nexus and became world champion. So, I mean, it wasn't exactly a kiss of death. No, it wasn't but, a kiss uh, of death. It was a moment for sure. It, was, it definitely wasn't a kiss of death. Um, but the other ones, yeah. there were some rough ones in the other ones there. He was perfect for Nexus though. No pun intended. Not Nexus, uh, Legacy. He was perfect for Lexus. Yeah. He, he could have been saying that the whole time. I'm just perfect for Legacy. Yeah, he could have. Oh, no, no. My legacy is perfect. Absolutely perfect. Very strange. Anyway, so uh, happy trails. Also, I think we should spend the rest of the episode talking about Cain Velasquez's career in WWE. What a run. Yeah, I mean, huge missed opportunity not giving him the championship um, at the Saudi show, right? I mean. This guy, he changed the game as we know it. He did. I remember, I'll never forget, yo, and it's so funny, they based that huge first SmackDown moment around him. Yeah, they did. That the, whole show. The first SmackDown, the big moment was when he came out and we all thought it was Rey Mysterio's son. <laughs> yeah. Everyone was like, wait, who is that? Wait, is that Kane Velasquez? That's so funny. That was such a huge, I mean, think about the spot. It was the Brock spot. In the first Fox SmackDown, and he's gone now. Yeah, what was it like? Six months, something like that, and and nothing else. Six months, one match. Yep. Joe Barra Jays. Yeah. Anyways, um, so yeah, that, I think that's going to cover it for our, our you know, Cain Velasquez. And listen, I, it could have been something different. I always thought that from a crossover standpoint, you guys know how I felt it wasn't, there wasn't that much of an opportunity there anyway. I just didn't think, I didn't see it. Um, but he could wrestle though. I mean, like, no, no, he's talented and not cause he's not talented, not cause he couldn't yeah, work let's in ring. His duel on that. No, no. It, yeah. And, and let me take that back. And so he could have been built into something. I just mean him showing up. That wasn't being like, Oh my God, that's Kane Velasquez. I don't, be- that did not do it for me. Yeah, and not I saying mean, he couldn't have made it. He couldn't have become something. And with all these MMA guys, I mean, not to this is going to sound like a shot at Cain Velasquez. It's not, but it really should be the lesson, right? You're not all Brock. You're not. First of all, Brock started in WWE, so he at any time could have. That was like his in case of emergency break glass thing, right? He wasn't just an MMA guy jumping into WWE. He was a WWE guy coming back. And you're not all Brock. So as far as that, I think for the rest of them, when they come to WWE, they, they should be prepared to take the Shayna Baszler route versus the, the Brock Ronda Rousey route. Um, because again, like I say, I mean, you're not all Brock and even Ronda Rousey, as much as, you know, they gave to her and as, as great as she was or as good as she was, I should say, um, she wasn't Brock either when it came to the matches and everything like that. Like she, she could have used a, a NXT promo class. She could have used all those things that they do to actually build stars into, into top stars. It wasn't just, I'm from the UFC. And so I'm a top star, you know, that take that Matt Riddle route, <laughs> go up from the bottom. Like you're not, you shouldn't just be funneled right to the top. Very well said, SGG. Very well said. Um, Jinder Mahal's back. 
The modern day. The modern day Maharaja is back. I was so excited for that. Oh, really? You pop big for the Maharaja? Of, of course. Of course. I mean, wrestling royalty, he's back. He's back on Raw. Um, and I said this when Drew won the title. And, you know, hopefully they don't rush into it. Hopefully they, they do it right. But I, I want Jinder to take the title off of Drew. Damn, you're already planning Drew's demise, huh? Yeah, I want I want Jinder to take the title off of Drew. Um, I I just Bring I back home. I just hope that they could have a a story that's meaningful with the history they have. And physically, they're a great matchup, right? I mean, they they look they look like they'd be a million bucks together. Yeah, I mean, it's it's sad because they released Heath Slater, so you have to think that he would have fit into that story somehow. Yeah, that would have been awesome. That way. By the way, him as a ref would have been great. Mm-hmm. It would have been perfect. But, I mean, there's still something they can do. And, and again, the end game for me is the title back on on gender. Don't hinder gender here. Like, he's back. He was mage. I bought his shirt. <laughs> I, I, I remember like, it. I remember the yeah, shirt well. well <laughs> so... I mean, listen. Let's let's get this get this guy back at the top where he belongs. Don't hinder gender, the modern day Maharaja. Exactly. Well, we'll see, SGG. It's so weird when people come out and have their returns with no crowd. Yeah, Nia Jax, same thing. I mean, like, they got to keep this this train moving. And you know, speaking of that, you know, Apollo Cruz is out. Of money in the bank and they're, they're keeping it moving. Like they, they're going to have, what is it? A last chance match for people to try to get in and fill that spot. Um, which is weird to me. Like why have him qualify and then, you know, build up around him only to have him be quote unquote injured. It was, there was a lot. I'm confused too because there was a lot going on with him and it felt like. It didn't feel like this was some emergency thing. It felt like it was just a decision. Yeah, like it was it was where it was going to go at the at the end of the day, which to me, I mean, don't get me wrong. Um he he definitely was shining in the spot that they gave him. Yeah, he was. He was having, kind of having his biggest moment. Yeah, which which is why it feels like they cut cut it out too early. So hopefully because it feels like this wasn't a rush thing that there is a plan for it and it is going to go somewhere that leads to something bigger for him. But, but yeah, it just, it's confusing. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm thrown off by that as well, but I am still excited. We're two weeks away now, right? Two weeks from this weekend. Yes. Uh, yeah. Or May wait, 10th. no, that's next week. No, it's a week from Sunday. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. The climbing the corporate ladder thing though. I'm, I'm still in, I'm still all in on it. Oh, I'm very, I can't believe that that's next weekend already. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm doing the kickoff show, so I'm ready. I'm ready for climbing the corporate ladder. You know me. Look at me. I'm trying to climb the corporate ladder. You're doing you're doing it successfully, by the way. Well, thank you. Someone's got to take these jobs. You know. I might be doing another thing. I can't announce it yet. I might be doing another thing though the following week. Not in wrestling. Not in wrestling. But it's wrestling adjacent. In what? Oh, so it's wrestling at Jay. Wrestling. All I'll say is wrestling 
a Jace. And I can't say it yet, but did you did you say it in the group chat? Did you tell us? No, no, no. Haven't said it. Because I'm waiting for confirmation. Um, first of all. And second of all, it, it requires a lot of work and preparation. I I guess before I start gassing people up on it, I wanna get myself fully in the zone before I gas it. But it could be interesting. Um, anyways, speaking of interesting, I, I expect to hear about it before the people. Oh, no, no, of course you will. I'm, I'm not I'll an animal. I hear about it with the people. I'm going to be. When has that ever happened? I'm not an animal. But yeah, looking forward to this. We said wrestling. I can't even guess what it is. I'm not even going to try. I know. It's very hard for you. It's not even. Although I think soon, by the way, uh, I think we soon need to come up with a, a date for the hot dog chicken showdown. Now that Bear had that scare and he's okay, I think maybe in like two, three weeks, it's time for the hot dog chicken showdown. It'll be yeah, on, I mean, it'll be on Zoom. Like I can do it on FaceTime or on IG Live. Yeah, I, I already know how it's gonna go. So if you if you're ready to like, the thing you have to ask yourself is, what is your relationship with Bear going to be like when he chooses chicken? I I won't I won't be offended. The question is too though. It's like I have to do it in a way where he's equidistant from both items, so he's not choosing simply because of location. Right. I think what I'd right. have to do is I think I'd the room I'm in right now, I think I'd have to lock him out of this room. I think I would I would take the chicken, I'd let him smell it. I'd take the hot dog, I'd let him smell it. And then I would take the hot dog on a plate, I take the chicken on a plate, I come into this room, close the door behind me, set them down far away from the door, but next to each other. And let him walk up so he can see them both right. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're next to each other. Right. And I, and, and we'll go what? Like one chicken tender and one, like one hot dog or half a hot dog? Yeah. And like, we gotta make this choice like crucial. It has to be like, yo, this is. Now listen, it, un- is it. understand he is a pig and he's going to try to get both. So it's gonna be like, trying to snarf the first one as fast as he can <laughs> right. so he can instantly get the second one. Like I know there are some dogs who like to eat. Bear likes to eat. He never stops. Never. I Every once in a while I meet someone who like they just leave f- food in the bowl and the dog doesn't finish it. There's Bear has never not finished an edible thing ever in history. <laughs> so it'll be very interesting to see, but I'm going to set a date. I think, by the way, I'm considering a, I th- I'm considering a hot dog chicken showdown shirt. I think that should be out there. Um, yeah, I, there was a design that was emailed to us that I think was phenomenal. Oh yeah, that it, it was. It was a good. It was very good. I think it needed a, a little correction. Did we ever get the correction? I'm not sure, but I mean, that first draft that was a hell of a draft. There's a few different shirt options I'm thinking about right now. Um, I'm curious how people feel about them. You can tell us Twitter Rosenberg Radio Stack Guy Greg. Instagram, or you can email us, rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. And I just realized we have a lot of mail here. Um, well, th- that's that's great because we didn't get a lot uh, in ring, so we can probably jump right into that. Well, hold on. Why does this one look new? I already read this last week, the, uh, the I sold out one. I read that. <laughs> um. All right, let me, um, I want to get dip on the line. I'm going to, let's, but let's hit, let's hit a couple of these and then I'll hang up. Mail. Hang up with SGG and bring on dip. 
Um, Kyle writes us, Your Royal Majesties, I've been a longtime fan of the podcast through every era, and I hope you guys are safe. Recently, with the free trial of the network, I finally watched... You don't have the network? That's insane. Wow. I finally, that is wild. I finally watched Macho King vs. Ultimate Warrior at Mania 7. I'd always seen the clips, but never the entire match and segment afterwards. When Miss Elizabeth hopped the guardrail to save Savage, and Savage realized what happened, it surprisingly got me, even without knowing 100% of the backstory. I wanted to ask, are there any moments in your wrestling fandom that cause you to tear up and have an it's still real to me, damn it, moment? Stay mage and take it easy, man. Uh, that moment. That's the one. That, that, I, I get legitimately choked up when I watch the, Savage was so good. They were both so good. Elizabeth, uh-huh. Elizabeth, man, it was like, Elizabeth was like, damn, Charlie Chaplin. She didn't even need to talk. She was practically <laughs> silent. And yet, For like years, like it was like five years. Um, ooh, yeah, when she got proposed to, it was basically the only thing she ever said, and that moment got me. Um, so when I watched live, Brett losing at the Ironman match got me too. I teared up. Of course you did. Yeah, it was it was unfair. It was wrong. The 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 clock ran out. No, it's not it's not right. What happened to him? That it day. wasn't right. What happened to him? He he like. I, I, I think the, um, when, when, when Flair loses to Sean and, and you, and they have that shot of Flair laying on the mat and you see him legit crying, that, that was pretty tough. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't for me because I like, it was like, yo, Flair always cries. But that was the beginning of him always crying. That was the early, that was like the first year of him always crying. It was, it was not now. he had some um crying moments in WCW. That's true. That's true. But it was to me it was different when you knew he had just lost to Sean. Like this is what made the storyline with Sean so great is you knew it was his real retirement from in ring at WWE. You knew it was the end. Yeah, and kudos to him for staying out of you know a WWE ring at least. Yes, he may have gone back to TNA, which he talked about. He was great. I gotta tell you about the Nate, and I, I might ha- I might do an IG live with him tomorrow. But and I'll tell him this: he really seems like. Did you watch the Austin interview yet? I did the 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 one with him and him and Rick. Yeah, yeah, I that f- was great. I feel that Rick, more so than a few years ago, he's really found his 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 peace. You know, like, I don't know if you noticed, but like he choked up a couple times during the interview with Austin. But that's a time when in the past he would have been like kind of out of control weeping. He he seems like he's – I'm curious to ask him this. I wonder if the experience a couple years ago, he got so close to it that – I don't know. He seems to have a certain peace about him now. You know what I mean? Yeah, like – well, I mean it's true though. He had a he had a near-death experience. So, you know. Oh, and you know what? I can't even get back in the mailbag. I got to drop this one gem that I had the other day. And then I promise, guys, I know I've been delaying. Even if I have to go on IG Live next week and answer all these emails, we are going to get to these emails. <laughs> okay. Because I appreciate everyone reaching out. And there's a lot of different stuff. And um, let me shout some names out because I'm not going to get to all these messages. Um, Onslaught 6, Cam Schilling, who wrote about Fufu Shmashma, uh, Daniel Friedberg. Um, I don't need to shout out Fox Sports. Um, Frank Peterson, Sam Gilmer. Fox Sports again. They send a lot of promotional stuff. PlayStation, thanks for your purchase. Um, Shout out to them. Shout out to Sobe. (laughs) uh, Sean Rosa. 
um, John Wolfram Jr., Brian Folin, Steve Silverman, um, Matt Moffitt, uh, Bradley Maynard. Uh, those are two different people, by the way. Bradley Rodeman and Maynard Malian or Malian. A lot of tough names for me. I'm not very smart. Warren Bivens. Um, shout out to all you guys, but, but SUG, I'm going to hit you with a gem that you're going to love so much. I, you, you weren't there. I think I was, I think I was talking with Ted and Dip, was it? Anyways, listen to this. It was on the weekend. I was partaking in some relaxing activities and just talking about wrestling. And I had a thought. All right, I'm listening. I'm hooked already. Rick Flair has, you know, always lived the gimmick, right? The, the line between Richard Flair and Rick Flair was always blurry. There is no line. The line is gone. <laughs> well, but let me explain what's so deep about it. Is Rick Flair, Richard Flair, did not become Rick Flair, the character. The amazing thing about the aging of Rick Flair is that the character Rick Flair became Richard Flair. I mean, explain. The man you see now when he comes into a ring and gets on the mic, or the man you see when he's sitting next to Steve Austin. The man who we know as Ric Flair, woo, that guy, he is, what'd you just say, Greg? He's always crying. He's always emotional. We know everything about what he's gone through. We know about the death of his son. We know about the emergence of his daughter. We know about the failed marriages. We know about his love of Wendy now. We know about all the mistakes. The character that used to be the kiss-stealing, wheeling, dealing Limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun who kissed all the girls and made them cry. That guy who we now see on TV has morphed into the real human being. He didn't morph into Ric Flair, that character. He used to be that. In his old age, that character morphed into the man. And we know his flaws. We know his shortcomings. And when we see him on a mic... It doesn't matter if he cuts a great promo. It doesn't matter what he does. He is the real person, and he's amazing, and he's beloved. And here's the part Greg likes. On the flip side of that coin, Hulk Hogan never truly opened up. He had opportunities to. He acted like he was going to. And SGG, this isn't to pander you. I'm not just talking about the apology. The reality show. He had. He definitely had opportunities. He's he's the had, reality show and leaned more into the character. He's had exactly. He's had so many opportunities to do so. Now, whenever he posts, everything's about God and O H H and Jesus and God and all this. It's still not the real guy. The guy who we all know about because we all of us nerds, we've heard all the stories. We know who Hulk Hogan is. So when Hulk Hogan comes out to that ring, he still has to be a 70-year-old man living this stupid, it wasn't always stupid, but as a 70-year-old man, stupid gimmick. He 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 shouldn't be be that anymore. 
He shouldn't be that. He should have became Hulk Hogan the character, should have morphed into an aging Terry Bollea. But he's not honest. He's never given us everything. He's always protected it. So now when he comes and shows up in WWE, he cuts these awkward network promos and isn't able to just be the guy because none of us know the guy. Whereas Ric Flair is getting to age gracefully as a flawed human being like the rest of us who we all love. And in the end, when it's all said and done, even though I don't think anyone's ever been bigger, no matter what we say personally about him, I don't think anyone's ever been bigger in wrestling than Hulk Hogan. But ultimately, in the end, Ric Flair is number one. He's number one. And he may have not sold more merch. He may have not put more butts in seats. He may have not done those things. But guess what? He's ten times the wrestler. And as he's gotten older, he's been ten times the man. And he is the GOAT. Yeah, I mean, listen, you make a great argument. And I'll even give him, like, the merch and the butts in seats. Because, I mean, listen, in the 80s, Yes, WWE did incredible things for the wrestling community as a whole and the industry as a whole. But it was always Hogan and Flair at the top. If you leave, but you can't, you can't give, you can't give Flair merch. You can't, not even close. It might be Hogan might have sold a hundred times more merch. Come on, I mean, like no, I mean a hundred. I'm talking about he might have sold a hundred times more. I mean, Ric Flair merch now sells like. Like, no, uh, flies off the shelf. Well, ne- also, Ric Flair didn't need the merch to sell back in the day. Let's be honest. I'm just, listen, uh, listen, I already cut my promo. I'm just trying to help you out. You can't make a merch argument. The Hulkamania shirts, headbands, posters, dolls, etc. Flair was a heel most of his career. He yeah, wasn't even no, selling that much merch. Like, yeah, heels didn't get to sell merch. So, uh, but I mean, like now, like a vintage for Horseman shirt. Oh yeah, I think well, well that's but that but that goes to what I'm saying. The Flair brand has aged so much better. People don't rush. If you're a true fan, I mean, listen. If Hogan had never had the controversy, there are a couple Hogan things I would wear, right? But generally speaking, if you're an older, mature fan who loves wrestling, you're just not rushing to Hogan stuff because it, it as time has gone on, he has become less cool. Nate's has only gotten cooler. Yeah, Nate got got more and more cool. So anyways, that's, that's my, that's my spiel. I just felt when I, when I realized it, like, I was like, damn, when we see Ric Flair, we really see this guy now. And cause, cause his whole documentary was about how he had become the character, but now the character has become the man. And I think that's pretty amazing. Yeah. And you made me, you reminded me of something too that he said about his dad on the, in the interview with Austin, like how his father would tell them, like, listen, you wear jeans, like he, would show up where he was going, like, in a nice suit, nice shirt and tie. And his father told him, like, listen, you you can't just, like, dress any old kind of way. Like, what would people think about him and how he carried himself if he just showed up wearing whatever? Like, he's running the business. And then he took that from his father and now, like, the finest suits into something that he does to this day. Sure does. We like to accredit that to, you know, Ric Flair, the character, has to have the custom suits and has to have like the tailor-made clothes but if this is a thing that his father was trying to instill in him it, it goes to what you were saying that that's just as much 
Ric Flair, the man, you know, the person as, as is, as it is Ric Flair, the character. Well, SGG, listen, um, do me a favor and take it easy this weekend. Um, stay mage, enjoy yourself. And, um, I'm going to hang up with you and get Dippers, you know, and he's been, he wants to share with everyone what his, uh, his wrestling viewing, uh, schedule is. He wants to scare, he, he wants to share his quarantine schedule. <laughs> he's been up all night preparing for this. This is going to be hilarious. Um, so anyways, be I safe. Still de- I still demand an apology. All right. I'll tell him you demand the apology. Be safe and I'll, I'll talk to you later. All right, man. Be that, safe. Be safe. That, easy, man. Yeah, that's right. There he is. The stat guy, ladies and gentlemen. Let me try to get the dipper fiend on the line. All right. Hey, live from Dipperland Ranch. It's Dipperstein. Hey, how's everybody doing? <laughs> I, I I just cut a promo about my remember my Ric Flair epiphany recently. Of course, of uh, course, I did it. A legendary I, take. Yeah, legend. the only take that matters. It is. It's the only take that matters. He's number one, one hundred percent. It's uh, not even a question. No, no, there's no question. Um, <laughs> speaking of which, I. <laughs> I love when we we're making a point. We're so in sync at this point that we're whenever we're making a point, it just ends up in a in a low growl. I love you. I love you. Built the dumpster Jurassic. What did you think? Uh, I didn't. I didn't even ask SUG about this because he probably didn't see it. I, I know he didn't watch a lot last week. What did you think of the? Uh, of the Triple H, uh, Sean Vince McMahon promo from last weekend. I, I'm, I'm gonna refrain from commenting about how, ex- how I exactly feel. Okay. Obvious, for obvious reasons. Okay. But what I will say is that I, I'm pretty sure they're not trying right now. There's, there, there's no trying going on. You think that was, I'd love to, you want more I'd trying. love to know what's going on back there. <laughs> there's something, okay. you think there's something, you think there's nothing going on. I think there's nothing going on. Believe me. <laughs> oh no. Um, what I was saying, I, I was saying before, what I, what I wanted to say was, um, of course, I'm referring to the part you'll never hear when my mic cut out. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. That. That's right, audience. That's right. Um, the part that we deleted. Go ahead. Keep going. Yeah. yeah. Um, that uh, Vince and all the bookers backstage must have seen how well the September 1989 match wrestling challenge match between Coco beware and the model Rick Martel went, um, that they put it as the, uh, the first match of WrestleMania six. <laughs> Is that what happened? That's what you realize. I'm just, I'm just noticing now as I watch this in- amazing episode, um, of, of primetime from 1989 at, at nine 21 in the morning. Beautiful. Um, that it's the same that- match. That yeah, they started they, WrestleMania they, six with. Yeah, they started WrestleMania six with this match. You know that I that when I um the first event I've said this many times the first event I ever saw uh, was ever exposed to the first wrestling that that I was ever exposed to the first WWF that I was ever exposed to was was a v, a, a bootleg VHS of of WrestleMania six, and the VHS started. Uh, my neighbor gave it to my father for me to watch it. Okay. And the, the first match that I ever saw 
was demolition versus the colossal connection. Now we all know that demolition versus the colossal connection was the second match of WrestleMania six. And it wasn't until years later when the internet was invented that I knew that that was actually the second match and not the first match of WrestleMania. It, it's, it's so sad to hear this story. Isn't it? I was never able to experience Coco versus the model in my youth. It's, it's, it's I'm, I'm so sorry you missed that. What an important moment it was for It was a big moment. By the way, I gotta say this. I enjoyed the dark side of the ring this week. Mm-hmm. And I, this is, of course, the only one I haven't watched yet. I would just like to say that John Stossel is a bad guy. He deserved to get punched in the face by David Schultz. I support Schultz a hundred percent. I think Stossel is a piece of crap, a jabroni, no good nozzle. I, in fact, I want to get him on this podcast. We should get John Stossel on the podcast so I can tell him what a piece of garbage he is. He gets Stossel on. Someone get Stossel on. I know his agent. Don't worry. I'll get Stossel. So here's the thing. <laughs> I, I know you didn't watch it yet, but it'll, it'll just make one thing clear. He does this story. He has one jabroni wrestler tell all, you know, d- d- violate your dip, your moral code more than anything. Just tell all the rules of how they use blades, everything. Okay. It's sickening. So I'm sick to my stomach even hearing this. So he has that guy on the show. His career ruined, blackballed, goodbye, good night, it's over. Now, granted, you can blame that guy for it. He did it. It was his choice. But still, he was thirsty because he was presented for, by this opportunity with 2020. He took it. He exposed the business. Good night, good luck, blackballed, gone from wrestling. Then, in the same feature, Stossel talks to David Schultz, who goes the other way. He protects the business. He punches, he slaps him in the face. He gets his career ruined also for doing it. So the guys on both sides for his story both had their careers ruined for this oh-so-important expose. And let's not forget that this Stossel, who is just 100% itch-made, also then sues the WWE, acknowledges basically in, in Dark Side of the Ring that he wasn't really hurt. He just wanted to prove a point sues them for a couple hundred thousand dollars and ruins both those guys' careers so he could do the important the important work of exposing in 1983 or whatever it was that wrestling was a work. Bad guy, Stossel. I wish Schultz had punched you right in the gut. I wish he'd, I wish he, he you should have gone a step further. You know what he should? Schultz should have gotten the bell, the, the bell like Savage did to Steamboat. That's what he should have done to Stossel. Full bell to the throat. Can we can we talk about Dino and the cigarettes now? <laughs> the man. Let me say something about Dino Bravo. The, uh, the man loved cigarettes. Uh, can you imagine having that many cigarettes in one closet? And and by the way, and, and his the, wife didn't say, "Look at all these cigarettes. What and, are you doing with these cigarettes?" And did you notice when they showed one of the shots, they weren't even in bags; they were in like Ziplocs. There was no pack. You just had them loose in Ziplocs. I know, loose cigarettes, loose cigarettes. I got to tell you. In my, there are times in my life, I'm not proud to admit it, when I've enjoyed a cigarette before. If I was in one of those times and I wanted cigarettes and someone said, this is amazing, guess what? I can give you all the American spirits you want. But here's the deal. You can only have them in Ziploc bags. I'd go, you know what? I'd rather pay $20 a pack. I don't no, want them in a Ziploc bag. It's kind of like, it's kind of like when you ask someone for gum 
and then they give you like just a piece out of their pocket, that, it, like a chiclet it's, out of their it's pocket. It's wrong. It's wrong. And, and then, but I, I in the back in in Canada in in the mid nineties, if you asked Dino Bravo for a cigarette, he just pulled out a loose cigarette and yeah. gave it to you. No, no, he'd pull a little Ziploc bag out of his fanny pack, and he go, "Here you go. I got thirty of them." Knock yourself yeah. out. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, the, the man loves cigarettes 100%. Um, uh, God rest his soul. I was a fan. No, no, he was mage. Although he, I always felt like, I, look, I didn't know the whole history of Dino Bravo until much, much, many years later. To me, he was just a guy that lost to the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not only that. Remember, we recently revisited Dip. He was also a man who, on the first Royal Rumble, did a 45-minute bit of lifting weights. Yeah. I know the segment. I mean, the segment. I know gimmick weights for sure. You, did we? Was it you that I was arguing about the gimmick? Was yes, it gimmick weights? Of course, of course you, it was gimmick weights. I know you're always right? you're always like I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure. I'm sure. Now listen, they the uh, man had a, a very big chest. Well, no, no, he was legit strong. You just can't risk it. But here's the thing: that segment. If you guys go watch the first Royal Rumble. It's 40, it literally lasts maybe 30, 35 minutes of Dino Bravo and the weightlifting to the point that Vince at some point is like on commentary and he's like, what's even happening right now? <laughs> he's still going. And you can tell he's irate. He does not Fr understand. <laughs> I know. Frenchie Martin really needed to take control of the situation. A hundred percent. Well, you know or, I mean? or he, it was Gene too, right? I think yeah, it was I think it was Gene and Frenchie Martin who was you know who really wanted to make sure that his client was protected. I don't want listen. I, you know I, the last thing I, I respect do, that kind of uh, management style. The last thing I want to do is come down on Gene Okerlund, but at the same time, I, he had to take control of that. By the way, I just uh, thought I just thought of an idea right now, Dip. Oh, you're on Facetime, yeah. so I can't do it. Ah, uh, I see. I was just gonna say if you were on three way, should we just should we three way Sean Mooney? Just check in to see how he's doing. I, I don't know if I can handle it. Oh, let's see. Hold on. I'm going to hang up and call you right back on regular phone. Let's see if we can do it. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. All right. Hold on. Let's see if this works. Let's see if we can get, let's see if we can get, uh, let's see if Mooney answers. You probably should call the other phone. No, no, no. This, this should be fine. This should be fine because it's not FaceTime. Let's leave it. Okay. There. But then we'll go back to the other phone. Okay. Calm down, all right? Just calm your nerves. I'm very calm. Let's let's see if he answers on them. I've never called Sean Mooney. So he's just randomly seeing me pop up on his phone. He may he may not even have this number. There's a chance Sean Mooney doesn't have this number. You have reached Sean Mooney. I can't take your call right now. Please leave your name and number and I will get back to you as soon as I can. Sean? No, Dip, this is you? Uh, yeah. Oh, hold on. Hey, Sean. No, no, it's his voicemail. Sean Mooney, it's Peter Rosenberg. I'm calling with my agent, Brian Dipperstein. Hey. Hi, Sean. You're, we're on the Cheap Heat podcast right now, and I apologize. I realize you probably don't even have this phone number. But we were, we were talking about old school WWF days, and I just said we should call Sean Mooney right now. So I hope you're doing well in quarantine. I hope you're surviving and safe and your family's well. And next week, I would like to try to have you join us for a few minutes on Cheap Heat. So that's it. Um, I'll check in with you soon. Good night and good luck.
Now, I, I don't know if that even worked. Well, we'll see. Hopefully he got the message. Now, in the meantime, let me call Dipperstein back so we can get his, uh, he wants to give everyone his entire wrestling schedule and then we'll move on with our lives. Hey. Oh, hey, sorry. Um, we almost got Sean Mooney. Almost. You, you missed the part when I heard his voicemail though, cause he said, this is Sean Mooney. Um, I, I mean, one of the highlights of this quarantine is the fact that they released a few new episodes of Superstars from 93. So real quick, um, I do want you to tell us, you promised, um, you promised to tell us what your schedule was. What is your wrestling watching regiment? Yeah. I mean, it, it's gotten, it's gotten to the point now where if I don't follow this wrestling watching regiment, something is off for the day. Mm. Mm-hmm. So it's basically the same thing every day now. I'm, I'm moseying down the steps at, you know, 830 sometime you're, around. You're, mo- there. you're moseying? I'm, I've never moseyed more than I am currently during this quarantine. The moseying is, is out of control. And what about the sighing? How often are you sighing? I'm sighing and schmying around my house nonstop. Oh my God. I, I, I'm, I'm walking, I'm, I'm going and going. Yeah. I'm sighing, schmying and going and going. <laughs> it, the, uh, the only way you could be going and going more is if your name was Skylar Aston and you were talking to squirrels outside of your house. <laughs> You know, I've met this squirrel. Big oh, anti-Semite. You, I've met him. Big you, anti-Semite. You, That's oh, why he won't come in the house. Oh, you think he's an anti-Semite, the squirrel? Mm-hmm. I do. Oh, my I do. God. I'm convinced. I'm oh. convinced. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um. So so what is the, the okay, the watching regiment, though? So I mosey down the steps. I, I set myself up at my dining room table to work. And in the background, oh. first I'll... I'll, I'll, I'll make sure the internet connection is, is perfect, which it never is. And then I'll definitely put on, I'll, I'll do one episode of prime time from like 86 or 87. Okay. And then I'll do another episode of prime time f- from like 88 or 89. And this will take me to about noon, one o'clock lunch time. And then after lunch, I'll put on an episode of WCW Saturday night. And then, you, that's you know, that's a beautiful way to spend a day. Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful day, a, a gorgeous day. It's a stunning. And day. then and then, you know, when I get into the afternoon, I'll throw on an Attitude Era pay-per-view and then that'll like take me through the evening. And then, you know, maybe I'll sprinkle it in with a superstars, you know, a 92 or 93 superstars and then I'll maybe sprinkle in an 89 or 88 Saturday night's main event. But I, I got to tell you, through all through all these watchings and, and all the time I'm spending with wrestling in the background, I have to give it up to all the jobbers oh, yeah. of the 80s and 90s who were beaten to a pulp. Give, give some shout outs. Any that you want to specifically reference that you remember? I, I mean, I, I never realized how much play Tiger Chun Lee got oh, yeah. back when. Oh, tons. I, I, I didn't know how significant Dwayne Gill, Gilberg ended up being, you know, in, in his earlier years. I, my favorite matches are Jobber versus Jobber when you had Iron Mike Sharp versus Barry Horowitz back in the, the late in the early By the way, Iron Mike Sharp got a lot of time. A lot. The guy was Gargant, and he was the same age throughout his entire career. And correct me if I'm wrong, 
uh, one of the, I think one of the first gifts I ever gave you was a Mike Sharp shirt. I have it. It's gorgeous. It's it's yellow. It's sitting in my in my pile in my uh, very luxurious bedroom furniture uh, armoire. And um, and it, it says Mike Iron Mike Sharp Wrestling School. Is that right? It was a beautiful gift, a stunning gift. I, you could have given it to me for my wedding. What about CB Alpha? I've been watching more CV Afi than any person. How do you spell CV Afi? How do you spell CV Afi? More CV Afi than any other wrestler on earth. There's more CV Afi in 86, 87 prime time than any other wrestler on earth. Let me see. And let me tell you, he had quite the chop. I've never seen a chop like this. CV Afi. I've never seen a chop. By the way. Like CV Afi's chop. By the way, we got, was that Trump doing CV Afi? Yeah. Wow. Very strange. Stevie Alfie, he was, he was a tremendous in-ring performer. I don't know. Why would Trump be describing Stevie C- Alfie this way? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I think Trump, uh, he has some connection to the Samoans. By the way, um, Stevie Alfie, in case you were wondering, mm-hmm. uh, trained by Peter Maivia, in case you're wondering, by the way. Shocker. The high chief. Um, mm-hmm. he's 71 years old. Yeah. He was the getaway driver for a robbery, burglary, and kidnapping carried out in January 1996. You don't, you don't think I've gone down the rabbit hole on CV Afi? You've gone, you've gone. You down? don't think I already know all these things about CV Afi? Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Do you know yeah. that he has a? He wrote an autobiography. Yeah. You didn't know that. I did that. He wrote an autobiography. <laughs> I need it. It's called. We have to read CV Afi. We have to yeah. read excerpts. From the CV Afi autobiography. It's point. called Dance with Fire. I need it. I'm getting it. Wow. You're so right, though. He is all over prime times. I mean, he was, he was working. Iron Mike Sharp did a lot of work, too. Um, I, I didn't realize, you know, also I didn't realize, I didn't realize how much of a jobber Special Delivery Jones really was. Yeah, he was a popular he was a, jobber. He was a, he was like a mage Jobert. He Confirmed. Was, he was a mage Jobert. Yeah, I mean, he lost to King Kong Bundy in eight seconds. I think I know. Well, that was I think the highlight of his career. I um, I I think that he that SD Jones may be the only jobber to have an LJN figure made after him. So you know what? It's an absolutely great. Oh, damn it! I wanted to try to get him on the show, but he died in two thousand eight. Hmm. Oh, never mind. Ted Arcidi. Also Ted RCD is uh, he? He didn't have an RJN, an LJN. Yes, he did. Ted yes, RCD had an LJN. One hundred percent. I don't have it, but I have many others. I don't have that one. S- let me t- can I look, can I tell you something about Ted RCD? Let me tell you something about Ted RCD. Go ahead. The man, because I've seen him now. I've been watching Ted RCD a little bit. Yeah, he's working. And by the way, this goes for a lot of you know. You really notice it when you watch eighty six, eighty seven, all these prime times. Right, the back knee on uh, Ted RCD. Some of the best. Is I, I've never seen back. It's 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 he's in the Backney Hall of Fame. <laughs> by the <laughs> by the way, you know who else was just a big time Joe Bear in WWE? I can't speak for his whole career. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Rene Goulet, the Joe Bear of the Sedge. Oh well, he was the old. He's an old school Joe Bear. Not his whole career though. No, no, no. I'm that's sure. what I'm saying. I only know Shoemaker him. Shoemaker could probably tell us all about Rene Goulet. I know he, he would be like, you don't know how big he was in Montreal. He probably had a. I'm not kidding. He probably had a feud of the feud with Bravo of the Millen. He probably was, uh, he, he probably had a lot of cigarettes on him. Oh, they were smoking together galore. Oh, but, my. But when he Pumping was. away. Going and going with cigarettes. 
<laughs> oh yeah, he was no no, he was going on. By the way, Goulet just died. I looked this up the other day. He was really? 80 he was 86. He died in 2019. Um God rest his soul. By the way, how about this? He beat Ric Flair in Ric Flair's second match. Wow. How about this? He was in the first WWF match ever on USA against Tito Santana. Wow. Championships. Let's see. He had the NWA Southern Heavyweight Championship one time. He... He was a tag team champion with Ole Anderson, uh, in Georgia one time. He, he was a WWWF tag team champion one time with Carl Gotch. <laughs> the guy was a legend. <laughs> yeah. He had he probably the, went into the, the, the Hall of Fame, but we don't even know about it because all the mage people are in that list. Of, I, know, I know, you know, by the yeah, way, the by, by, by the way, earlier today, Luthez, Carl Gotch and, uh, and Bruno San Martino went in. But anyways, <laughs> um, all right, Dipperstein, I'm glad you shared your regiment with us. Uh, one thing I'll ask you, I don't, I, I before we close, are you excited at all for the climbing, the, the corporate ladder or are you not into it at all? You ready to close? I gotta go. I'm already. I'm almost at an hour and a half. I've. I've been. I, oh my. Yeah. I've been. Oh my I've been I gotta tell you. I didn't mean to. I've been going and going. Oh, you were going and going. And I listen. Um, and I feel bad because people want more of you. But you know what? Maybe we'll do an IG live this weekend. We'll we'll answer some. We'll talk to people. Because oh, I know yeah, we should answer. We should answer questions. All I know is we got Killer Cross on on NXT doing nothing, and uh, and and we got instead we got the Forgotten Sons. On WWE television. This is what they did. Okay. We needed them like a hole in the head. They're going to be jobbing in seconds. That's my prediction. The forgot- They'll be jobbing. They'll be separated and jobbing within within minutes. The Forgotten Sons, I know that they're late, you know, that pop culture references are late, but the Sons of Anarchy popping up literally ten years late is it 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 drives me crazy. I feel bad I feel bad for them for that. It's just- I do too. They might be individually mage. I have no idea. And I'm not, I'm not, you know, talking smack against the Forgotten Sons, but right now they're not exciting to me as, as three bikers. Like, you know, it's, it's just, it's, if it had come out, this is what we needed. If they had come out, we got rid of the revival, but we got the Forgotten Son. I mean, come on. Let me look up Sons of Anarchy and see. When do you think it ended? 2015, Uh, 2014? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, or even earlier, maybe. 2008 to 2014 and the forgotten yeah. it ended in 14 and they came out as a tag team in what 2019 so five, um, five, five years late five years late i mean yeah 100 percent. i mean if they could have gotten jacks from sons of anarchy what's his real name again the man's gorgeous. Uh, the man's gorgeous he's the most handsome man alive a, a, a charlie hunnam oh charlie hunnam beautiful man um yeah. Hey, should we end it with a screaming with Oscar screaming? Should we, should we, should I do it as loud as Oscar screams? Should I, should we, should we end it with like a big, Wah! does that make <laughs> everyone feel good? Does everyone like hearing that? You're, you're not so into Oscar these days, huh? I, it's, it's, oh, it's gotta, it's, it's gotta end. I can't take the screaming like a screaming bloody murder, like as if it's something. No one knows what it is. No one knows. She's screaming. Someone should just, somebody else can just stand in the ring and scream at the top of their lungs. It would have the same effect as it has now. 
stay mage. Enjoy yourself. Wrestler in the history of the art form. Mutt, 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 mage.